This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Dalton Del Don of Yahoo Sports. And... Uh, it's been a couple weeks. Some eventful stuff has happened. One thing was the Beat Chris List League, of which you were a part. I already have a serious injury in that league. I'm still going to make a side bet with you. Maybe just not as much as I would have. If we had done this last week, I would have made a bigger side. But anyway, what's going on with you, man? How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, many things to talk about, List. We haven't spoken in a couple weeks. And uh, I've just finished the Yahoo Friends and Family draft, right? The second that you cowardly bowed out of. This year, and I think you have a crazy auction staff keeper league coming up soon at the top of this hour. And I think it's like 18 teams. Jeff is talking about it. So uh, that's 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 crazy. So in between these two drafts, let's talk some baseball. Uh, while while we were gone, I had my my birthday weekend, my 10 year wedding anniversary combined into one. The wife and I we went over to uh, Monterey Bay, and I, I enjoyed some grasshoppers. And I, I tweeted a picture uh, after the weekend, and a lot of hate lists. I must say. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, tweeting good pictures. It usually gets positive. I got a lot of, you're an idiot, and I'm unfollowing you, and, and, and even even worse than that with uh, with grasshoppers. Did you see this picture? And what are your thoughts on trying exotic foods? Uh, first off, I don't understand what the hate would come from. I mean, I know there's those fanatics that are going to try to, you know, at gunpoint make you a vegan. Uh, I know that's out there. But I would think grasshoppers, I mean, they're insects. I mean, I get it. You know, they're sentient beings. I feel bad for the grasshopper. The grasshopper suffered greatly. I don't know. I don't know what the case is uh, for the grasshopper, not eating grasshoppers. You might think it's gross, but what do, you, what do the people care if you're eating them? It certainly doesn't bother me. I would try pretty much anything that was prepared in a nice way and recommended to me by somebody I trust. So uh, if someone else recommends grasshoppers to me, I'd consider it. Actually seasoned with chili and lime, and obviously a lot of this has to do with the seasoning. I went to a Thai restaurant in San Francisco that had silkworms, and I didn't like them, but this... These were much better and, uh, and much better seasoning. But uh, anyway, I'm with you. I don't understand the hate and people were, were cussing at me and calling me crazy and, and all kinds of things. And I'm like, all right, man, uh, didn't realize taking it that seriously. But uh, I just thought it was a life experience and I always like trying new, new stuff. Before we get to I'm was sure it good? plenty of stories. It was good. I said, yeah, it was way better than the silkworms I had. I would get it again. Oh. I mean, it was just like it's just a c- conductor of, of the spices, really. You know, I mean, it's crunchy, but uh, for a little appetizer and to say I had it, sure. And I, I would even get them again. The, the seasoning was was really good. Um, anyway, I'm sure you have a few stories. You were gone. I think you traveled. Um, we didn't even talk in the XM show last week. But before that, I need to bitch about the labor trip. Sunday morning, I got up at 5 a.m., literally 5 a.m., drove to Sacramento a couple hours uh, to, to, to fly at 9.30 a.m. southwest. Uh, I'm about ready to board. It gets delayed to 2.30. Usually, I get there the day before labor. This year, I was flying the day of. That put me basically landing right when labor was going to start. Um, so I waited it out and then waiting all the way till 2.30, then it said that's going to be delayed until 5. So it was a double whammy. Even if I just if they had just told me delayed all day, I could have driven home as is. 
stuck in an airport all day. I, I don't ask me, but I checked a bag for whatever reason. And I, and I asked, <laughs> is, it, is this going to be, is this going to be harmless to get it on and off? They promised me, they assured me it would be easy. It has not left yet. That turned into two and a half hours after I already canceled the flight of them not finding the bag and, and just, just ridiculousness. Uh, for whatever reason, Phoenix, that was the busiest uh, weekend of the year. It always is. I don't know whatever the convention there is. Spent $500 on a hotel room that they would not refund. <laughs> I went ballistic on them there. I just lost my mind there. I don't understand why MacBook Pros do not have a converter that can charge my iPhone. And I happen to leave one of the 18 different converters I need at my house. So I spent just ridiculous. I left at 5 a.m., got home 9 p.m. and went nowhere. Missed labor. <laughs> Um, yeah. So anyway, that, that was not the, the, the funnest weekend I had. And it was, and then I'm told by Larry Schechter that, um, that, that, that Southwest is, is, is supposedly making up mechanical issues due to a labor dispute. So it might've been all bullshit too, to make things a real cherry on top. But, uh, that was my, 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 my experience while we were off. I uh, hope yours was better list. Yeah, it was definitely better, but I mean, you should have, you should have gone full orbits on that. I mean, how you, I mean, I would not, you should write a call. You should, Get your Twitter followers extremely riled up. Copy Southwest. Copy the hotel. Explain it in detail. Write the post. I mean, that's just... You just can't settle for that. Now, I got that $1,000 back plus free miles for my credit card when I got screwed by Orbitz. They paid me back because I was just so relentless on the pressure. You got more followers than I do now. You got you to gotta whip them up into a frenzy. This is something we can get behind, man. I mean, you just can't treat I someone pre- like that. You know, whatever. I mean, especially if it's BS and it's just a, a labor problem, which is their problem. But even if it's mechanical, I mean, come on. You know, the whole thing with the bag, that was horrible. And the hotel, like, give me back the money, man. It's ridiculous. So I would, I, would not, I would not stand for that. I would not let that slide. The hotel was especially annoying because I called them and I didn't expect them to. I knew they'd be busy, but then they're like, oh, just so you know, if you cancel, you're still getting charged the same amount. And I'm actually embarrassed the amount. I've never spent that much on a hotel, never will again. It just, I was just late. I wanted to stay downtown and I was late to getting it, but it's so expensive. And um, you know what? I said, I pulled some Larry David shit. I'm like, no, screw you. Do not cancel it. If you're going to rent out another room and, and make right. more money. It cost them 500 bucks. Right. Empty. It, exactly. Yeah. Sitting yeah. There, so it sat empty all night, but. Anyway, so that sucked, and I missed labor. A really fun auction, the in-person auction, are just are just the best, and uh, I really missed it. And um, so I, I'm I'm frustrated about that. You know, what? I actually did a, a keeper, a, a dynasty startup auction. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, a home league. I only knew about you know probably half of the participants, and someone had this uh, this setup list with bu- with buzzers. You had buzzers where you buzzed in when you, when it was your pick, and it just locked you in, and it said your name. And if you wanted to go higher than one bid above, you just held it. And, you know, I love, the, you know, the live auction with people in person, but this eliminated all of the, the ambiguity, you know, who, you know, who said what first. And it was really the sickest setup and the best auction experience I've ever been in. All right. Well, maybe we'll get it. We got to sell that to labor and tout if you ever make it to one of these again. Yeah, but, yeah I, I just don't think you should let it slide. I, one, one funny aside from this is that I saw the results of the labor yeah. auction and you had a fill in yeah, who I'm yeah. not allowed to say who it is because I guess it's a competitive site to yours and they don't want it mentioned. So it's probably public knowledge by now. So you guys can find out off air, but I'm going to honor your request and not say the name of the person, even though it's absurd. Um, but anyway, you had to fill in, do your auction for you. And I didn't know that at the time because I didn't know this whole story. So I just looked at the results and I was like, you know what? I, I, I was like, I really like Dalton's team. I hate to, I hate to admit it, but Dalton, I didn't say Dalton. I said the nutless monkey did a great job at labor. And then it's just so funny because it turns out it wasn't even your team. And 
I think it was Derek or somebody tweeted out, that's the best list Dalton moment ever, or top five moment ever, where I finally praise your team. Oh, and then Dave yeah. Duncan, who's a guy who's one of our regular listeners, he tweets out, what is, is list have low blood sugar? Is he fasting today? What is wrong with him saying something nice about your team, which is just so uncharacteristic of me? And it turns out it wasn't even your team. I mean, to me, that's just... Yeah, I heard a... Yeah, no, it was great. I heard a little bit of the talk on the XM show. And then when I saw that tweet by Dave Duncan, I'm like, oh, I have to chime in here. I don't even know how much, but yeah, of course, the one and only time that you give me praise is, of course, because I didn't make it. So, so it all I actually did not know that at the time. So A, it proves two things. One, I was willing to give you praise. And two, right. I truly think most of your teams are such garbage. It's not just, it's not just a front. It's actually real. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and no, I would have just done a different route because you went with start, the starting pitchers on that team. But yes, no, that was that was actually the, the funniest part was you praising it uh, unbeknownst to you. It was not yeah. my doing. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, right, so, so what, what about you? Did you do some traveling, well, yeah? I, I did. I want to talk about our league, but I'll, I'll talk about the travel. So I went to Spain, um, yeah, no, and right before you. I left to Spain, left for Spain, I had this uh, stomach virus. Heather had it. Of course, she gave it to me. I thought I was getting away without it. And I'll describe it as, just imagine if you had the Ebola virus and then you ate some rotten sushi and got food poisoning. That's basically what it was. Basically fasting um, many of the days because it was just too risky to, uh, to be too worse far from the I bathroom. Drank, when I all that goat milk before we drove from LA to... <laughs> it, it, was, it was like, imagine being like that for like 10 days, okay? I mean, in that state pretty much constantly. And, uh, and then traveling. And so I was, you know, there's very little that I could eat without being at great risk. So I did eat a lot when I was near a, in the hotel or whatever, near the hotel. But um, there was one night where uh, it, it turned out there was like a little Chinatown and I was in Madrid. We were in Granada where the Alhambra is. I, I never knew what that was, but it's apparently this like, I mean, I went there. It's very impressive uh, palace that the, uh, I think it was the Moors had when they ruled Southern Spain. Uh, and it's this huge, uh, old, beautiful tourist site now. Anyway, then we drove up to Madrid I, I was like, why even go to Madrid? It's not on the water. It's just a city. But I have to say the three, uh, the cities with the th- in the world that I've been to, and I, I've been to quite a few now that have the best architecture, the three would be New York, Paris, and Madrid. Madrid has amazing buildings, the streets, the nice houses, the apartments, just incredible architecture in Madrid. It was actually uh, a good trip, but I had this stomach thing and uh, it turned out our hotel, which was kind of crap. It was right next to this little Chinatown area. And you know, I love Chinese food. And so I looked up, you know, like which one's got the best ratings. And there was this um, Cantonese place that looked good. So we went and it was phenomenal. I mean, it was one of the top, I want to say 10 Chinese meals I've had in my life. And Heather left to go get her mom. Her mom was traveling with us some like medicine because she had a cold. And so Sasha and I wanted to get more dim sum that uh, Heather advised against because we'd eaten so much. So Sasha and I ate yet another hargao, which is the shrimp dim sum. And we settled up the check. We're like literally, you know, three blocks from the hotel. And as soon as I stood up, I was like, uh-oh, I'm in big trouble here. You know, three, three blocks, but I'm in trouble. I'm in desperate, desperate, dire straits. And I'm with my seven-year-old. So I'm walking, you know, while like, you know, not the right, not straight, you know, trying to just keep every muscle uh, tensed. And with Sasha, she's like joking around. And I'm trying to like chit-chat with her while I'm in the state. And I get to the hotel. And I'm like, uh, and, and the thing about the hotel was there was two elevators and one was broken and the hotel was under, it should have had three elevators. So you could stop on like literally every floor, people with bags, people, it was, it took forever. So we were taking the stairs, but we were on the sixth floor, you know, six flights and Sasha had taken the stairs before I couldn't do it. I couldn't wait for the elevator and I couldn't take the stairs. Like I was in no position to do that. 
So I said to Sasha, who's a hero, this is more heroic than you detaining the felon. I said, Sasha, can you make it up the stairs and knock on Nana's door? She knew what room number it was. Can you do it by yourself? And she said, yes. Thank God. So she runs up the stairs. I go down to the bathroom in the basement, like a fl- one floor down, and make it by literally three seconds. And if Sasha, does, if Sasha goes, no, I can't go by myself, right. I don't know. I don't know what happens. I don't know what the end of the story is. So seven-year-old Sasha stepped your up big time. Your body always eases up right, right before, too, when you know, oh. your mind eases up, when you know the toilet. Oh. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was a very close call, very close call. And, uh, but my daughter uh, stepped up to the plate and, and made up. And when, I, when I was done, I came back up, and there she, I was worried. I was like, kind of guilty. You know? I was like, oh, I mean, if she didn't figure out what floor it was or she's lost in this hotel, you know, it'd just be horrible. Yeah. But definitely. she made it. Yeah. She knocked on the door. She got in just fine. So, but otherwise Madrid was cool. It was just a really chill uh, experience other than the uh, Ebola virus. And then, uh, but we got to talk about more importantly, we got to talk about our, the beat Chris list draft. Cause you and I were talking about that a couple of days before it happened. Uh, we, we never even, we never discussed it. Yeah, I know, because it feels so long ago. I've, I finished the great big fantasy baseball deal. I've done another Rotowire one since then, and I just did the friends and family draft. So this is not fresh in my mind without question. And I think you've only done this league, so you'll remember it more. So, so take over. All I know that I, is that I dominated, and um, I, I went with my – I stuck to my strategy that I, that I threatened to make and didn't draft the starting pitcher until like round 15. Yeah, so the, you, what you might not recall is that I took Luis Severino as my third-round pick, so that's already bad. But you took Trout at the first pick. I took Acuna at seven. I got Verlander on the way back. You took Freddie Freeman and Marte in the two-three turn. I really like Freeman there. Uh, Marte's fine. One, there one thing too. I'll say there. One, one thing I'll say about this: is I've been targeting Marte. I just I love a guy. I mean, steals are hard to come by later. I just he's just a guy I've been liking late second, early third, but. Harper was unsigned there, and I was kind of a nutless monkey there. I should have grabbed him because that would have been pretty sick, Trout and yes. Harper with the Phillies. I mean, signing uh, – the difference between where he signed, AT&T Park, for Phillies was, is literally – it can't get any different. It's the worst and the best in the NL. So, um, anyway, that was a – that's the move that I kind of regret now. But Harper's I also think – I'll, I'll critique your draft in a second. So, I, I took Severino in three. I got Bogarts in four. You got Gary Sanchez and Correa at the turn. I really like Correa. I almost took him instead of Bogarts. But then he went all the yeah, way back to you. Back. Yeah, I, I like them both. Uh, then I took Puig, Corey Seager. Anyway, went through it. And at a certain point, I knew you were waiting on pitching. So would you have taken David Price had he fallen to you at the end of the 10th? No, all those times. I heard you talk about it later, and they weren't on my radar. I mean, I guess I could see Darvish. Um, but no, my strategy was later. I wasn't looking at any pitchers, no matter who they were at that point. Okay. So all no, right. I guess I guess I, I own I rent, rent, and I, what, I, I rented some space out in your head, though, I guess. A nice thing <laughs> Well, I'm glad I, w- I was picking these guys partly to just troll you to make sure you didn't get Darvish. Or, I mean, Darvish and Price are the kind of pitchers that could be those yeah. top starters, you know, and like I didn't want you to get one at that price. And now that Severino's banged up, and who knows, I mean, says he'll be back in a couple of weeks, but you can't trust a pitcher. Now I'm glad I got oh, the it's extra too bad depth. I don't have Domingo Herman in this one because I swear I have him in all my other leagues. That'd be perfect with you losing oh, Severino. I don't, I don't care about Domingo Herman. You can have that's It's not a one to one match good. like that. It's He's not like. Good. Oh, no, you right. lost no, Kareem right. Hunt? Is, no, Herman might be better. You're right. You're right. I like Herman's upside better. Yeah. It's not like, oh, yeah, you you lost Kareem Hunt? Oh, you have Damian Williams. You know, that's perfect fit. You know, it's it's not like running backs. Pitchers aren't running backs. They don't just, like, fill in for one another in the same situation. But I think you made a couple of mistakes here, man. I think, first off, you waited a little too long on the starting pitching. And secondly, you uh, didn't get enough steals. 
because you got Trout and Marte, which is a lot, but that's it. No one else on your team runs. Maybe like, I don't know, who else runs? Kevin Kiermeyer in round 25? I mean, you have, no, you have no steals. Odor. Odor has a, a handful. Odor runs. No, Odor will get me 20. I like Odor, but uh, yeah, I mean, if Marte gets hurt, that would be a problem. I don't love, I, I really didn't like the six and seven turn. I took too many relievers there. And it's funny, my first starter is Andrew Heaney, who's dealing with a shoulder problem himself. And then I don't even have another starter until basically round 21 with Josh James, you know, who knows. So right. that, I really, really, really punted on the, the pitching. But man, and why do you think Odor's going to steal 20 bases? What makes you think Odor's going to steal 20 bases? What, why on, in, God's green earth, would you think that would happen? Um, let's see. Um, the bat projects 18, so I'm not that off. Yeah, so here's Odor's now 25. Here's his steal totals he, since he's, he's gotten the league. 15, two years, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's stolen he stole 4, 6, 14, 15, 12. Why would he steal 20 all of a sudden? Steamer projects 16. I'm sorry, I, grad, I, I exaggerated. Maybe we'll call it 17 and a half around there. Jeff has him for 10. I'm going to go with Jeff. Is, okay. is it the Rangers run a ton or something like, is they have a new manager? What's, what's the, there's some, is there something I don't know? Why would you oh, project? No, it for, I, don't, I don't, don't, I don't look into the, uh, the, the how many times. Okay. So, Odor, okay. Let me give you another stat. Odor stole 12 bases last year. How many times was he caught stealing? Oh, he was terrible, right? Probably 12, 12. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was terrible. How was he, he was projected terrible. for so more steals? Lot, I think, I think that's a, that there you go though. That, that's probably, you just answered your question. The attempts. Yeah, but yeah, why would you? Attempts. But why would you repeat the number of attempts if you're that unsuccessful? And every year that you get older, steals go down. Okay. All right. I mean, right. if you're nitpicking, if I get Odor with the steals, fine. All right. Okay. So 20. holy crap! But I'm just saying, like, you're a little light in steals. I mean, it's interesting. Like, you you can't really be light in the hitting category when you only draft hitters. That that is true. And these other ones, I've been getting like like Mallet Smith or or Hamilton, um, and I have usually done that. I'd say Kiermeyer. What do you Kiermeyer is projected for by these uh, maybe systems? ten or twelve, but he gets hurt all the time, and he may not be good enough to Nin- be a regular. Nineteen and seventeen. Yeah, I guess Odebel Herrera steals a bit too. You might you might be able to couple together. Yeah. My, my team is light in power. That's a weakness. Uh, I don't have that much power. I mean, Miguel Cabrera we know is going to hit like forty again, and we know Moncada is going to hit forty, and we know that uh, Josh Donaldson is going to hit thirty five. But you know, Puig will hit thirty five. Seager will hit thirty. So I'm positive about all that. But unless that happens, I'm a little light in power. If they do what they're projected to do, that's going to be my biggest uh, weakness as far as categories go. Yeah, Senzel I liked, um, and then the the Williams, the Stude, you know that guy. I don't know. Would you grab him in the twentieth round? That uh, I guess the injury yeah. here with Sano that, that definitely helps. Sano, Sano's injury helps you there. Um, Boxberger, yeah, I don't know. Um, what do you think of your team? One one thing I'll, I'll notice is uh, guys like um, Chris Paddock. Uh, right. He went he went t- uh, ten. So I, I did a road wire draft, uh, another draft two nights ago. He went ten rounds, like round twenty one. So. He went undrafted in this in our league, and then a week later, you know, he's jumping around twenty-one or so. So, pr- pretty interesting how, how that how that things like that can change. You you, yeah, I mean, dra- you drafted Casey. You like him? I drafted who? Luke Casey, the other San Diego, uh, the the other Padres pitcher there. Yeah, I don't know. I like I, him. I, I like that like as much as him. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. 
The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You like who much better? I like, no, not, not much better. I really like Paddock, and I wish, I, I don't know, he, he seems to be jumping up boards, and in our draft, when he went undrafted, and a week later, everyone's on him 10 rounds early. It's interesting. Yeah, well, because the difference between a 21st round pick and a 31st, which is off the board, is, you know, it's not much. You know, it's like once you get to round 20, you're just swinging for the fences. I like Lucchese. Totally he, he had a really negative write-up in the Rotowire magazine and on the site saying he only he's basically getting by in deception, doesn't have a good third pitch, and people caught up to him in the second half. But that's all narrative street. You look at the body of work, he's really good. He had a really good year, good strikeout rate. Should get better. You know I mean? Maybe he develops a third pitch. Maybe he, you know, I always, I'm always, I was talking about this with Jeff. I'm always like curious about the spin that people put on it. Like a guy has the numbers that he has. And once in a while you can detect like crazy amounts of luck. Like let's say the guy has, he's given up like a BABIP of 340, but he doesn't give up a lot. And he's a fly ball pitcher, but somehow his home runs are like a little below average. You'd probably be like, well, he's getting hit hard. And, you know, because the BABIP is so high. And he's a fly ball pitcher, but for some reason, he's just been lucky about the balls not going out. Like, you, there's certain things that don't go together. You could be like, okay, this guy's lucky. But for the most part, a guy just kind of is what he is. And for every argument that you have, well, he's not going to be able to sustain this. He only has two pitches. Well, that means he did that with two pitches. What if he gets a third pitch that's decent? He might be amazing. You know, or if a guy is like, he's got a great picks, he's got three plus pitches and he had a 375 ERA. Okay, well, if he had three plus pitches and that's all he could do, then what makes you think he's suddenly going to get so much better? You know, it's like he he had he has the stuff. He should have had the stuff to do better already. Like, what's going wrong? So any anything cuts both ways. Anything positive is a negative because he's been po- he's only done what he's done with all that positive narrative. And any negative is a positive because despite the negative, he's done this. I mean, imagine if you were looking at Mario Rivera after his first year closing, but guy has one pitch. But it's like, right. yeah, that pitch is unhittable. So, I mean, it doesn't matter that and he's that's one why pitch. Lu- right. And that's why Lucchese has been successful is because he's deceptive. Right. You know? He's deceptive. I mean, it's not like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's not like that deception is going to go away. I mean, I guess people get yeah. used to it a little bit, but still should be an advantage. So, again, I'm not, you know, whatever. I got in the 18th round. I think it was fine value there. But I just, I, I'm just very skeptical about all the spin. You know, the guy, the guy did what he did. And let's, you know, he could get better or worse. I, I don't think that, I think people frame it just in a way that goes along with whatever they want to believe or what they already think. But I pay less and less attention to these like post hoc reasons by, oh, well, when he came back from his hip injury, the league had figured him out. Well, how do you know the league figured him out? Maybe he just didn't pitch well for a few starts. I mean, the idea that the league had somehow figured him out or adjusted, that's just a story. How do we know that that's what happened? We just know that his stats were worse but the total aggregate stats were good. 
Definitely. Um, so what do you think about uh, with my pitching strategy after this one's said and done? Uh, you know, I've been typically I don't come away with a top 20 starter on my board, but I have been able to get like six to eight in my top 50. I just feel like my my rankings are, are very different, especially in the back half uh, compared to, say, my batting rankings, which are very similar. Um, they just seem to be be different uh, among the, the ADP even. So I don't know. What do you think? Ultimately, this is me just obviously betting on a totally chaotic type pitching season and already guys like Severino going down. And I mean, I don't know, man, what do you think? Well, I think that's what you're going to need. You're going to need a year where the top starters just don't really, there's, you know, a hand, you know, let's say a handful do well, five of them do really well. The rest of them are mostly mediocre and the five that do well are just on teams that didn't do very well with their hitting or, or their other pitchers. So there's no team that can really beat you that, is loaded with the with the guys. Now, overall, it's going to be hard because there'll be teams with two of those guys who do well in the top 20, and you're going to have a hard time beating them because they're also going to have some hitting. But your hitting should be good. You're a little light in steals. Everything else, all the runs, ribbies, average home runs should be very strong. And your saves are strong, and you have enough closers that you might be able to, with four closers, which you kind of got three, really, with Robertson. You might, you know, Andrew Miller versus... And you, you got one other guy that could close a little bit, Joe Jimenez, eventually. If you have three closers going all the time and sometimes four, and then you're just two-stepping every single guy with a good matchup, like literally just using all your fab all year on two-start starters, you might, with good matchups, be able to generate enough wins and strikeouts by getting you know all those starts. And then you have ERA and whip protected by the four relievers that hopefully have elite ERA and whip. And you might, and also, you know, Chapman and Trinan strike out so many guys in their closer innings that you may have a leg up on the average closers. So you may buy a few strikeouts that way. You're going to have to hustle like crazy, though, man. Uh, you're going to need a little help at the top. Guys like Severino getting, I mean, he's not even, he, he'll probably be back by May 1st now, you know, and, and the question is, is he himself? But you're going to need more pitchers going down and hustle like crazy. But if the, if the overall environment is right, you could, you could win a lot of money this year if you go all in on the strategy. Yeah, I certainly wasn't trying to get four closers, but uh, one thing I'll say is getting four closers just means hopefully I have three. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's not like uh, right. having if they all yeah. are, stay at four, then I'd be great. That's a great problem to have, and you could just rotate whatever the schedule that week or whatever. But the problem is four. You're lucky to get three typically. So I don't know. And and, and people point out that that mid tier starters are the worst area of investment. I just feel like they the tiers just move up each each year, and it's it, it's easier to, to identify that what tier is going to jump in those starting pitching category that's available in those rounds 20 to 25. But maybe I'm crazy. Most certainly probably am. But, um, and also, you know, you have to draft the right players. I know that's, that's obvious and everyone says that, but I just clicked the like projections in the Yahoo friends and family one. And, um, I'm pretty sure like, uh, your rotowire ones don't have me even running away with the uh, offensive categories. And I drafted just all offense all, the first 15 rounds, I think. And that's just one league. So if I'm not projected to win that, then, then clearly it's just, it, it matters more. So, players than it does strategy yeah i mean i would i mean any projections you should be winning offense by a mile in this league i mean you got i would think i know you've got yeah, i mean i would think you know you just have i mean i even like some of the picks like i like delson cruz where you got him i was thinking about him i took Doolittle a second closer but if cruz had fallen to me i would have taken him and i could have used the power gary sanchez i think he's worth the four or five turn correa i said i like um i think you got enough I didn't really like a lot of your late picks. I didn't like Odebel Herrera or I guess, I guess I don't really like smoke that much. I like Corey Dickerson where you got him, but 
Yeah, I just think you're going to need to really hustle with the pitching. The pitchers you got are not good enough. I, I don't. I mean, I'd be shocked if those guys, <laughs> if more than two of them are on your roster for the whole year. I kind of like Pineda in 20, round 27. I think he has a little sneaky upside, but you're going to have to hustle. You're going to have to find a couple breakouts on the waiver wire in the 12 team you can and just stream like crazy when you, when you, you see you know a guy with two weak matchups. So what are you doing, Liz? You doing uh, how many more leagues are you going to do? When's your next one? So tonight is you know in 20 minutes. Actually, I've got to get off this in a minute. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, I forgot. So I got that, yeah. and then right. and then I'm going to New York a week from today, and that weekend I'm doing Tout Wars. I bought. I actually right. spent my own money for once on NFBC. I bought into a four. I'm splitting with Shu though. He's going to do the moves. I did a $1,400 auction, which also has an oh, overall nice. contest, which I'm kind of excited about because uh, I decided to do it because it'd be fun. Schuler's going to run it for me like you do the League of Leagues, and he does a good job picking it up, unlike you. And then also, uh, it's St. Patrick's weekend. It's Sunday, actually. That's Sunday, but it's Saturday night. It's going to be the main day. And Foley's is not an option. It's just not like it's a shit show in New York on St. Patrick's Day. It's hell. So I'm not, I just figured, okay, I'll just draft from 6 to 11 instead of partying. Uh, and I just spend my time doing that. So uh, I'm excited to do that. So I've got Tout, and then I've got the main event. So I've got Tout Saturday morning, the auction Saturday night, and the main event on Sunday. And then I'm flying out. And then after that, all I have left will be my home league, and I'll do one more NFBC beat Chris Liss. Nice. Yeah, we've got to talk a little strategy for the League of Leagues draft, too. That's a week from a week from Saturday. So come up yeah, with something gotta, about that. Yeah, I've finally put together a decent team in that. Yeah, so I was um, – anyway, so, all right, cool. Uh, this should be good. We, do we even have – do we make a side bet on this? Let's do 100. I was going to do 200, but let's do 100 because I'm already down my third-round pick, and maybe he'll be back you know, by May or late April, but, you know, it's, it's dicey. It's a pitcher rotator cuff. I mean, who knows? Yeah. So do 100 yeah, bucks you see on this. this jug- you see, okay, cool. Um, you see this juggernaut, and you're scared. <laughs> your, your team has no chance to do well in the overall. My team can win the Dude, whole thing. am I not – the favorite to win every category in the overall in offense and not in the overall you're not going to win i'll take the field i'll take the field i'm not saying over the field i'm saying over everyone else i'm the favorite there's there's other people doing this there's other people doing this not a lot but and also i could flip i I could flip that and say i'm the favorite to finish last in all the in the pitching categories oh you definitely i mean in the four pitching category non-closing categories you are right among the favorites, to finish, favorite last. To finish last, and balance yeah. is so key to this this contest that you have like no hope. But uh, my team, Greg Ambrosius, for once got my team right. He usually uh, unjustly smears it, but he said, you know, <laughs> this is a team that can either you know not do very well, and I'm probably an underdog to with you if you like work hard on this because I'm I took all gambles, but it's it's got real upside this team, you know, with Acuna and then guys like Puig and Corey Seager. And then Donaldson and Miguel Cabrera and Moncada, Darvish, you know, and I got a couple young guys, Harrison Bader and Ramon Laureano, Lucchese, Nick Senzel, Tyler White, Williams Estudio, Scott Kingery, I think, could maybe steal the job from Michael Frankel or maybe end up in the outfield. Just a lot of, I just got a lot of guys with ceiling on this team, and uh, I like it. That's the kind of team I want in an overall contest. I love Puig and, and Seeger where you got him. You took Kenley Jansen one pick before uh, Bumgarner went. You could have got your guy. You just called me a nutless monkey. For <laughs> um, which I'm like, yeah. That's a... <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. No, but, you yeah, wrote a column for Yahoo. Here. I didn't read the column, but I just saw the tweet that said, 
you know, he's a hero and all. You praised him so much. Obviously, Bumgarner's yeah, like, right. for you, he's like Lawrence Taylor is for me. And you're like, right, but I'm not right, going right. to draft oh, him I anymore. I got you. I got you. It's right, just so right. nutless. Well. It's, yeah. it's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. It is. I do feel bad as far as just, you know, the worshiping of, of Mad Bum at the altar. You're right. You made me feel bad. But did you consider him there, though? Because I actually do know you, you kind of do like him, though, even aside from that point, right? Don't you like him this year? I, I like, I mean, yeah, I like him fine there, but I didn't consider him because I got Verlander and Severino. And, right. and I, of course, like I needed a, to start looking at closers and Jansen to me was a great value at seven, seven. And I needed yeah, any dude dealing with a heart issue, any deal, any, any guy with dealing with a heart issue, you got to You got to grab him. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, he, you know, he had a surgery. He's fine. You know, they just put it, you know, if he needs to get a transplant mid season, it's no big deal. He'll, he'll deal yeah. with it. No, he's ostensibly totally healthy. It's not like he didn't have like, he didn't have a heart attack or something like that. It's just like some, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what the deal is, but I read about it and it didn't seem that bad as far as heart procedures go, as far as heart surgeries go. He seems fine. And then uh, I got Donaldson in round eight. And then, you know, do little, I, I actually, you took Nelson Cruz. I would have taken him. I, I would have taken Victor Robles there. Uh, and when bo- both those guys went, I was like, all right, Doolittle's the top closer on my board. I also did that, you know, that I told you I, I did that, 20-20-60 split between the bat, steamer, and NFBC ADP. And I yeah. just I, I didn't like hew to it entirely, but I just kind of had the list in front of me. And when I took Price, partly to troll you, but also partly because he was by far, according to those three mixed sources, the highest guy on my board by far. So I was like, all right, well, not only am I going to troll yeah. you in case you were going to take him, which apparently you weren't, but also like you just got to take the value in these overall contests sometimes. Like you, It doesn't matter that I had two starters and two closers already. It was like, if David Price, you know, grades out as a seventh or eighth round pick and he's there in round 10, you just take him. I completely agree. He jumped out among the starting pitchers that were there at the time, for sure. No question. I, I, Gary Sanchez is going to be very important to me because I, I end up with him in a lot, a lot of my leagues so far. And man, add Salvi Perez in two of them. The, the TG uh-huh. one with, uh, with Erickson, that, that's frustrating. But Sanchez, um, and, uh, Real Muto went one pick before me in this one. I considered uh, doubling up there. If he, if, he had, if he had gone to me, I, I was, instead of Correa, I, I, would have, I was strongly considering going both catchers there. Well, you got plenty of room for elite catchers when you don't pick any starting pitching. I mean, you, you can do it yep, and still exactly. fill your team. I, I mean, I think they're worth it. I think the problem with catchers, and Jeff was saying something to us about the show the other, on the show the other day, is that they're, they're, I mean, I think they're totally worth it. If you do the math, I mean, the value of a replacement of Sanchez Real Muto is massive. But they're kind of like tight ends in football. Like, theoretically, you know, Gronk is better than everybody. But when you actually draft him, you don't get to use him that much. Not enough hurt. targets. Yeah, not, not enough targets, too. Yeah, so not enough at-bats. I mean, never get 600 at-bats. Yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, that's priced in because the projections for Sanchez give him, you know, 470 at-bats or whatever. But even those, they don't Dude, get. Hitting, hitting cleanup in front of Stanton and Judge in a huge hitter's park. I mean, it's, I, everyone goes nuts about the lefty park, but that park is just as good right-hander, too. So I don't know, man. It could be such a difference compared to the other catchers. I mean, even Real Muto, what's his upside as far as homers? You know, 20, 25? I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm probably going to be wrong, but I have Sanchez on a bunch of my teams this year. And he hit, I know he hit 193 last year, too. Yeah, no, I like him. He was playing hurt last year. I mean, I think the upside's massive, but you hope it's Kelsey and not Gronk, basically. You know, it's like, it's great to have the tight end that does well. Even better, your guy, George Kittle. It's great to have the tight end that does well, but counting on the tight end every year is always, you know, those guys are not reliable. And I think catchers are very similar because they're, they're, so, they're kind of like pitchers almost. 
Right. No, I totally agree with that. Have you have you um have you come to the uh, the realization the uh, have you have you come to grips with the fact that it looks like the Giants are going to try the KC route go you know draft a rookie quarterback and go with Eli this year. Uh, you know, all these rumors, you know, everyone's trying to get me riled up. Jeff was trying to get me riled up because there was some talk that Eli should be back. And uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give any reaction until I see any, something real. Like, you know, it's just, they're, they're always trying to get quotes and read the tea leaves. Let's see what actually happens. It seemed like Gettleman was much less committal than, than the quick quote from Pat Shermer. So let's see. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them to think they were doing the, the Chiefs thing, and then Eli sucks so much that they got to pull the plug. I mean, Alex Smith was actually good that year uh, in Mahomes' rookie year. If they knew what they had in Mahomes, they would have had to use him instead. But Alex Smith was actually good. He had a great year in 2017. So I don't think Eli's going to have a great year. So it might be week three. Now, it's a huge waste of cap space uh, to do that. But, you know, if they draft whatever, what's the guy's name that they're looking at? Haskins? What's the guy's name? Haskins. Yeah, Haskins. That guy, you know, he looks all right. Or I don't know if Kyler Murray, there's all this rumors going around whether he's not a hard worker, he is a hard worker, who the hell knows. But, you know, if they get one of those guys, and uh, I, obviously I want them to cut Eli and just get it going, but I think Eli may end up cutting himself by week three, you know, may end up just being so terrible that they move on midseason. They, they might, even if, and this is even assuming they don't cut Eli, which they might, but right. even if they think they're going to stick with Eli and pull a Chiefs. Again, Alex Smith played well, so I'm just not sure it's going to work. I think I want Murray to go number one. It sounds like Gruden is in on him, too, because uh, Bosa fall to the Niners, but who knows? He's, he's injury-prone. It sounds like the Bay Area was bragging about these big additions, but it sounds like they're out on Antonio Brown, and they missed Bryce Harper. So, man, I hope they get Beckham, but who knows with that. So, speaking of Harper, what a, a bad time for the Bay Area Missing out on him and then their owner going out shoving shoving down his wife on video. Speaking of owners, I oh, I didn't, I didn't even know about that. I didn't even know the Giants yeah, owner got bad man. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, he's on on footage, total footage of him like kind of kind of shoving his wife down and it's someone filming it in broad daylight in San Francisco. It's not great. He's taking a leave of absence from the team after you know losing out on Harper and just some other other bad stuff this offseason for the Giants front office has not been. Great, but I would definitely be remiss if I did not ask you before you go off to your auction about speaking of owners in trouble. I, I, I knew, Kraft, sir. Of, cor- Bob of course, Kraft, come on. I need your opinion on this. Fourteen okay. minutes in and out, the day of the AFC Championship game. I mean, this is amazing stuff. So, I understand there's there's a lot of terrible things that have happened uh, between men and women over the last years, but if he was like somehow involved in sex trafficking, that's obviously he should be in jail and get the full weight of the law for that. But without any evidence that he was anything more than a pervy old dude going to a uh, skeezy massage parlor, I mean, you could say that's gross and that's unethical and you shouldn't do that. And I would agree with all of that. But that's to me, that's, you know, it's, it's, should, should we be criminalizing that? Uh, yeah, I mean, the trafficking is obviously horrible if that's the case. I do not think he was... You know, knew anything about that. There's no evidence. I mean, it's possible he knew. There's been zero charges, by the way, to a trafficking. Among the whole sting, there's been zero charges of trafficking. Right. So um, can you imagine that this this sting actually has video, though? Unlike, you know, the other stuff TMZ gets, this is probably going to be tougher because the cops had it, you know. But, man, uh uh-uh. Just just crazy crap. He's probably – either way, this poor guy, I mean, he's – 
I don't know. Do you think he's going to to withstand this and, and remain the owner through this? I mean, dude, he got a hand job. Dude, believe me, you don't need to. Well, I mean, the, I mean, the, yeah, the public, I, like, what is the public going to think? Oh my god, this guy. I mean, they could. Again, like, I'm not advocating for that. It's you know, it's not ethical, in my opinion, to pay for sex. I don't think it's an ethical move. But I also don't want to live in a society where you get prosecuted for paying for sex. It's not even you know, it's the lightest amount of sex. And why, you know, I just don't want to see a guy get his life destroyed over something like that. And unless there's some actual evidence that he knew that these women weren't literally not just like they have shitty economic circumstances. Obviously, this is not anyone's choice of work, first choice of work, but that they literally were being forced. And if he had any inclination of that, inkling of that, then then obviously that's a whole different level of culpability. But I don't know. It's It's more just like, oh, look at the old scumbag guy we we busted him that sanctimonious dickhead who's always holding up the rings and acting like such a upstanding guy you know judging everyone in society the nfl and kaepernick kneeling and all this bullshit and look what a scumbag he is i think that's fair i think that's fair beyond that i mean come on i we gotta we gotta we gotta prosecute the real criminals we gotta prosecute the the bill cosby's and the harvey weinstein's and i just don't think like you want to lump in some like sad old dude who's so desperate that he's getting a $70 hand job or whatever, you know, and I just think that's like a, it's more just pathetic than criminal in my opinion. No, totally. Totally hear you there. Um, okay. A couple more things I want to throw at you. Uh, so did you watch, uh, the, the Oscars at all? And more importantly, I no. would say slightly more, importantly, I, I, I do want, yeah, I know you're going to move along with that one. I do want your, on a serious note though, let's, uh, before we leave, do you have an opinion on the summit with Kim Jong-un and, uh, and any, any fallout from that with Trump? Not really. I mean, it seems like it failed. It didn't. They didn't get the the deal done. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing that they tried. I have a lot of beef with Trump. He shouldn't be meddling with Venezuela. He sh- shouldn't be talking shit about Amazon and then not doing anything antitrust wise, being a total coward when it actually comes to prosecuting it. There's lots of things that I I don't respect about him. But to try to make that happen and to fail, and you know now they've had a conversation and. Things are back kind of to what they were before, maybe worse, maybe not as bad. I, I don't know. I can't really, can't really fault the guy for making the effort. Yeah, I know. It's tough to know what to believe, and it sounds like there might be some activity on, on one of their sites now, and it might not have gone great, but I definitely agree with you there that it's, it's tough to fault the effort because it definitely yeah. seemed, and, yeah, you, sure. You got to try. Um, you got to at least try. So, all right, we got to yeah. wrap this up. Oh. We got to wrap this up because I got to get ready for this yeah. draft. You know, it's a very complex draft, so I got to get all these papers and stuff up my spreadsheets up because yeah, so, minor leaguers so and all that shit we, for sure we, wish me luck i'm flying or i'm at least going to attempt to yes southwest tomorrow morning i'm leaving my house even earlier than 5 a.m to go to back to the same airport in phoenix gonna shoot some video and spring training with the yahoo guys andy and scott so uh that's if i make it though we'll, we'll see the southwest people might even remember me and might create their own mechanical issue for me alone but wish me luck on this trip with all right man all right later let's all right, take it easy, Dylan. Talk to you next week.